This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Ko Mikaela Naimen toko ingoa. My name is Mikaela Naimen and I'm your host. Welcome. This show focuses on the arts and creativity in Taranaki and beyond. We aim to cover the diversity of arts from painting, literature, songwriting, theatre, pottery, poetry, sculpture and how the creative arts contribute to our community as well as our own sense of purpose and well-being. The Sugarloafing Artscast is generously supported by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Centre. Stay tuned to find out more. Every once in a while, an opportunity too good to be true comes along, and you know you will have to come to the party and say yes, and then try to work out how to make it happen. This year, I had the great privilege and honor to be invited by the organizers of the 7th Melanesian Arts and Culture Festival as a supporter and ally of literature in Vanuatu and Melanesia. I was asked to facilitate a short story masterclass and flash fiction workshops for adults and school students at the first ever House Story and Literary Festival in Port Vila, Vanuatu. Earlier this year, Vanuatu was hit by two devastating cyclones within the same week, and the nation's financial resources were seriously strained, putting the Arts and Culture Festival at risk. Participants were asked to scout for funding from all possible sources. Yet, after years of pandemic isolation, it seemed more important than ever to manage to meet in person again and celebrate cultural and linguistic diversity. I am truly grateful to Access Radio Taranaki, the Commonwealth Foundation, who run the Commonwealth Short Story Prize competition every year, and the patron of the Pacific Arts for making my participation in this amazing five-day literary event possible. I interacted with over 100 people in my workshops alone, Receiving support at an early stage was crucial for me personally, and having the facilitators confirmed helped the organizers grow the first ever House Dorian literary event from two days to five. It branched out from workshops into Kavan poetry evenings, poetry slams, seminars, events in French, English, and a diversity of Pacific languages. It was truly joyful. Enjoy a taste of the 7th Melanesian Arts and Culture Festival in Port Vila, Vanuatu, with some poetry readings at the end. And I happened to be in Vanuatu at the Melanesian Arts and Culture Festival, and there I ran into Mere Sovic, who happens to have links to Taranaki and to Port Vila. And um, we have both been running workshops for a week, I think, now. Yes, so, yes. Mere, thank you for mm-hmm. taking time mm-hmm. and speaking to me. Mm-hmm. What, uh, can you tell listeners a bit about yourself, who you are, and your links to Taranaki? Yeah, well, kia ora, everybody. Uh, my name is Mere Tari Sovic. 
Um, I am an Ivanuatu woman who, my links to Taranaki, um, well, it has been quite a while now. I can't, you know, put the years to it, but it's been a while. I went to school at St. Mary's Dyson um, School of G Girls, I think it is. Maybe the name has changed now, so it's been quite a while. Um, for, I think, four years I spent in Taranaki and uh, in Stratford. But uh, I was staying, I have a host family, if they're listening, hi to the peers. They live in Eltham, and uh, I would spend the weekends with them. But I also had time to go out and visit with um, my, my classmates because I was in a boarding school. Therefore, during the weekends or holidays particularly, the full boarders, which we were called, had to be, you know, asked to go and live with other families and learn the ways of mostly farming because it's very much a farming area. But that is my link to Taranaki, but not just that. After... Uh, four years or so, I decided that I wanted to explore more than just being at the boarding school. I felt that since I am indigenous to Vanuatu, I am from the island of Pentecost, although I live here in Port Vila, Ivatu, where the Melanesian festival is happening, um, I wanted to explore and understand more about the indigenous people of uh, Aotearoa, uh, the Maori people. So a really nice family, if they're listening, the Rhinefields, they had invited me to stay with them. And so they happened to live in Opanaki. So I lived with them for a year. Um, in the marae there, we were involved. I think one of my best friends, I cannot remember her last name. Her name is Nadia, if you're listening. Hello. Um, so I spent a year just learning and, you know, learning to what it's like to live on the marae. Uh, although we lived a little bit out, but we would come whenever there is a feast, wherever there's... So I learned how to fish uh, eels. So we, we made hangi, and so we would, you know, go out in at night and had these long, huge robes, and we would tie uh, fresh meat and throw it into the, the water, and then these big, huge black eels would come and eat, and we would yank it up into the air and we would scream but we made hangi and that's what we ate like every time we had visitors so I learned a lot I learned a lot about uh, how you know their family came together and how you look after the elders and so it's to me it was home to me because that's that's how I was raised I oh. actually was raised in the village so that's my link to Taranaki from an indigenous um, you know experience but also as uh, living on uh, on the grounds of being a student, especially in a boarding school. So I've got kind of those two different experiences that I had, and a host family who were, you know, families who came from England and settled and had farms. So I learned how to milk cows, get up at four o'clock in the morning, and, and tough life. Yes, tough life. And so, uh, you know, I got into all the sports, played basketball, field hockey, grass hockey, we would call it. Uh, volleyball, soccer, but the one memory I have is always being out, you know, uh, all the outdoor activities that we would do, and I've climbed Mount Taranaki four times. Wow. I know. Um, so I've learned a lot about uh, what Taranaki is like, you know. That was my experience living in New Zealand. I've learned both, uh, not just in Stratford, but also in 
in Opanaki and also in New Plymouth, where I spent some time as well with friends or just visiting, you know, that's where the town is. And then beyond just Taranaki, uh, lived in Auckland for a while and then lived in Nelson for a while. Wow. Yes. And uh, I, you know, ended up at Manukau Institute of Technology for two years and then came home back to Vanuatu. And then I was hoping to go back to New Zealand, but the journey then took me to now I'm living in the United States for 25 years. Oh, you're kidding. Yes. 25 years. 25 years. Yeah, that's how it happens. Yes, that's how it happens. Slowly yes. and opportunities taken. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So what do you miss uh, the most about Vanuatu? When were you back here at last? So the last time we came back, because... Obviously, I'm married, live in the United States. We have four kids, and we, you know, for us, it's important that they have, because they're obviously mixed, you know, raised kids, and so it's important that they understand their background, where they're from, their mother is from, and they do have dual citizenship. So we took them over at the end of 2018, uh, 19, and left just before COVID happened. So thankfully, uh, but we never, we did not have the chance to go to the island where I'm from. I'm from Pentecost Island, but they did got the exposure of what the culture is like, the languages, and all that. So it was in 2019 when we went back home. So that was the last time, and then after five years, right, and now I'm back again mm. for the festival. Fantastic. Yeah, I was also back in 2019 mm. in July, so it's exactly, oh, it's four years. Four years, yeah, four years. But, um, yeah, strange years yes. it has been, and this it is has. such a wonderful it opportunity has. to yes. come back. Yes. Okay, we will take a short break and listen to another beautiful woman.
Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You are listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast, and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. We are sponsored by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlight Center. And I'm at the Melanesian Arts Festival at um, the Literary Festival, Haustorian, here in Port Vila, Vanuatu. So when you say language and culture, how have you managed uh, to keep language and culture alive for your children? Because my background is from Finland, mm-hmm. and when my kids were small, they watched um, Pippi Long's talking and the movement <laughs> trolls and so on. But I can mourn the fact that they will never know mm-hmm. my home country the way I knew it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have missed that. Yeah. And language is such a hard thing to keep mm-hmm. up if mm-hmm. you are the only one speaking it in absolutely, your family. Absolutely. So for my uh, family, my little family, the four kids, um, no, they don't speak the language. Um, we do. I do try my best because my husband only speaks the Bishrama, a national language, but uh, he understands uh, my language. My uh, Raga language is called Raga language or Hano. My, unfortunately, my kids are not, uh, because I'm the only speaker, but I try to instill in them so many different aspects of the culture, because I think if you have that missing part of language, you still have to introduce food, you introduce the concept of things, you know, you have those discussions with them, you challenge them to think, even if they're uncomfortable with it, you, because that eventually will get them to come home and the language will always be there. And I think, you know, in some ways, I think they will find that. It will come back where they will come back and find that because, I don't know, there's, um, it's, it's just uh, as someone from, from Vanuatu and Pentecost who actually speaks the language very well and also writes the language, I don't have doubt that my children will eventually come to me and said, look, I want to learn. And I will obviously try my best when I have grandchildren to teach them that. But yes, again, language is hard when you're just a one speaker in a population of, I don't know, you know, I'm one out of, what, 30 million, whatever the population of the United States is. So it it is hard. And um, Vanuatu has uh, 83 different islands, but also over 100 vernacular languages. And so it means that some of the populations are rather small, and uh, Bishlama becomes the lingua franca, Mm -hmm. alongside, of course, the colonizers' languages, like English and French, that were used in the schools. Mm -hmm. So Bishlama wasn't even allowed in the schools. So uh, does your language uh, have a written form? Is it a written language as well, or just spoken? It is a oral language. However, we do have written, um, but it's in a different concept, though. It's not something that you take to the pen, you take a pen. It's in the trees, it's in the flowers, it's in the animals, and, so, and it shows up where I'm, I'm particularly from, from North Pentecost, on, and on the island of Pentecost, comes out in a sun drawing. So it's all encoded in that. So sun drawing, we do have, you know, alphabets that we come up with and um, whether you believe it or not you know we understand it we don't necessarily have to tell you but it's in there everything you know it evolves in those uh, elements and I guess it's very different from the western way of like writing things um, I think nature is our language it's how we see uh, this, the spirit of our ancestors whether it's through the trees, the flowers, the practices of our dances, 
It's everywhere. A language, you know, you don't have to write it. It's right there in front of you. So when you speak it, you're also speaking into those written forms of, of things. And so I've, I always say that the experts of uh, linguistics are not the ones who uh, go study it. It's the ones who speak it. Absolutely. And the experts of uh, anthropology is the ones who lived it. And so you can, you know, I can... Even me, I am not fully an expert unless I talk to an elder, unless I talk to um, someone who can come from outside. We'll have to come and learn from someone like me. So we are walking embodied into this. And so therefore, when you think about the written form, you're just extracting that and putting it in a different language. But that's my language. And I'm just, I don't have to write it. I'm telling you. Yes. And the sand drawing yes. is a beautiful, a beautiful example. Yes. Yeah. Because everything... Anyone who has seen it performed as well, because that's, mm-hmm. I guess, how a Westerner would see it. Mm-hmm. But there's a deep understanding and yeah. the passing of that knowledge. And you see just how the story evolves yeah. as a very skilled person, you yeah. know, effortlessly, seamlessly yeah. Yeah. connects everything, yeah. all the drawings. Yeah, it is. It embodies everything. It's yeah. mathematics, it's science, it's, uh, uh, you know, chemistry, physics, it, it's all in that and so the idea is that you don't give it out no you have to be able to learn by sitting by living it by breathing it by really entrenchedly kind of you know it's like encoded into your into your being and i guess that's why we say uh, being you know being being as in the formality of who you are it's everything that's encoded in in how we see ourselves Mm. with our environment, our relationship, mm. all of that, it's all the same. There's no binary in all of that. It's just beautifully woven into one. And the sand drawings have, of course, been made uh, into a UNESCO World Heritage <laughs> yes. of intangible yes. you know, yes. treasures of humanity. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. yes, yes. And, um, you know, as an Ivanuatu, the word ni, it means, in my language, um, I mean, the, the wise founders who decided to pick the word Ni Vanuatu, it's not Vanuatuan, it's Ni Vanuatu. It's because it has to come naturally for, from the people. We are off the land. So I could say, Inau, meaning I am from, from my language, from Pentecost or from Vanuatu. And so as the language is from Notifate, the language is from Tana, you know, you all have that. But then Vanuatu, it's just about our land, or you can say our la- a land who stands up. And so land in Vanuatu, they're one of the same with a human being. So when you speak, you say somebody's name, like you say Mere, you're also referring to Vanuatu. When you say Vanuatu, you're also referring to Mere. So we are just connected as, as mm. one and the same. This land is a human being. Mm. Yeah. 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 Very beautiful. Okay, we will take a short break and listening to another beautiful woman, Joanneiras from Tana, and uh, she's singing in a mixture of broken French but also her Tanese language.
Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You are listening to the Sugarloaf in Artscast, and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. We are sponsored by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlight Center. I'm very grateful for that. And I'm at the Melanesian Arts Festival, and more specifically at um, the literary festival, Haustorian, which for the first time has happened here in Port Vila, Vanuatu, for five days. And one of the presenters is Meretari Sovic. Are you the founder of Melanesian Women Today? Yes, certainly I am. I am the founder of Melanesian Women Today, and I'm also the executive director of the uh, organization, yes. And what's the aim of your organization? So the aim is um, to lift up women, and uh, particularly women and girls in Melanesia, to be uh, giving them a space to you to allow them to express and to allow them to use their voice um, so but we have three objectives objectives is to look at uh, education and entrepreneurship and health and so we try to work in that in those spaces in Melanesia and so what the things that we do and we measure our work is through the well-being indicators that we use that is part of the um, Vanuatu we borrow that you know inspiration from the statistics uh, department here and uh, because we you know we look at development in a different we don't look at them from the outside because we have to measure uh, our development from a Melanesian approach Mm. and so well-being encompasses how we measure I wouldn't say success but let's say empowerment it's, you know, how, how, how are we doing uh, in terms of the, the kind of work that we do through those three different areas. Mm. And these uh, Melanesian um, indicators for well-being were developed some time ago, but there was a huge consultation during the time I was in Vanuatu as mm. well. And uh, a lot of the wow. discussions were also about the need to have access to land, yes. the need to be able to fish, the yeah. need to be able to do things mm. the way you used to do things traditionally mm. and still retain your custom in order for society to prosper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I think um, the Minister of uh, Climate Change, uh, now acting, I think, Minister as well of uh, Education, he did mention to me when I was, he was in Seattle, Washington, where I live, and we had a conversation around development, and he said, in Vanuatu will never... The development in Vanuatu will, will never look like the Western development with high-rise buildings and concrete jungle. That's not uh, how it can evolve to. And this was Ralph Reagan. This is coming from Ralph. It's just not in its nature to do that because um, in order to maintain our identity, our culture, and all that, you know, that's borrowing something that doesn't make sense to us. That develop, that kind of development doesn't make sense. So, so it's going to have to evolve in ways that will find its own, you know, of course, through struggle and what is it going to look like. So, um, yeah, so those well-being educators are very important because 85% of people still practice very strong Melanesian cultures. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm talking to you right now, and I'm going to go down to the market here, and my auntie's waiting to give me my atir, atir, cultural attire to wear for a photo shoot. So it's, you know, that those uh, re- reciprocal ways of uh, working and family ties, and, and it just doesn't make sense to have a very individualistic approach to development. It just doesn't work in a culture that is very um, communal, but at the same time uh, focuses on people 
not material. Absolutely. So we will let you go. But where can people find you? And is it um, the Melanesian women today? I found you first on Twitter, actually. <laughs> but uh, um, where can people find you? And is it okay for Melanesians in New Zealand to find out what you do and join up? Absolutely. Well, uh, it's very easy. You can go to our website, uh, www.melanesianwomentoday.org, or you can, uh, it's, we're on our Facebook, we're on Instagram, so anything with Melanesian Women Today, of course, in today's world, you can just Google Melanesian Women or just Melanesia, we do pop up. Um, and so they can find us there. They can reach out, obviously. I know that there's a lot of things going now, right now in New Zealand to get more, you know, embrace the different languages that we speak. So that's wonderful. So I think and I'm excited that we can be part of that. And if there's anything that we can help with that, that would be wonderful as well to reach out and have the collaboration with ideas or whatever that we can help. Because um, I know I'm trying to push that for the United States as well. We know we're not that big. But already we've been talking about through, I've been part of a little small tiny committee put together by the Biden administration. And that's something that I've suggested to use the same concept that the New Zealand is using, to have a language week, because they were having the same problem with the elders, Pacific Island elders who, you know, are not very comfortable with going to the health, you know, um, getting help during COVID. So they believe that. Uh, how to break these barriers is to have a language week or a language month and have more diversity in schools and learning more about because we are in the Pacific the largest population and very diverse but also we, we uh, have not been known or known to most of the people outside which is very strange I mean Papua New Guinea is bigger than New Zealand in population wise and also as landmass absolutely so, and yeah. as we noted the other day the Pacific alone has about, or Melanesia alone, about 2,500 languages. Languages, yes. So would you, in closing, just like to say a greeting in uh, Bishlama English and in your own Pentecost language? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to start with my, the Bishlama before I finish with my language. Um, so thank you, Tomas. So I'm going to listen. Thank you, Lomakela, for having me interview me. The small story and blame it to Fla, low during the time Blomac faced ya. Hemi Kutumas, for you guys have a joining me Fla, suppose you want to find a mouth about Mifla, low Facebook or low website Blomifla, you have a Richard Blomifla, ask him any question with Blomifla's have a help. Please use a no, you know, fright, low Richard. Tapiana Gaivula, Lekumu, Motto, Begim Dogim, Rong Vuri Dreki, and I'm drumming with Tapiana Gaivula, Lemakaila Mulipamur Bevuri Kariki, with the Beva, Nandarovoga, Betamla Tamlo. Bevuriana Vita Vivano, Laona Vita Vivano, Tahida Mota, Tahmai Bulbulu Gangao, Betamuloi, Betam Lokinahuri, Sidombu Pen, and the Sinombu Vuri and the Sinombu Veram Dulurura Gariki, Tabiana. Thank you, Mere Tarisovic. Thank you. <laughs> and go well. Thank you so much. And that was an interview with uh, Mere Tarisovic here at the Melanesian Arts and Culture Festival in Port Vila, Vanuatu, after a week of literary festival, House Storian. And let's listen to Stan and the Earth Force Band. Conception 
depression, neglect and violence, abuse and trauma, greedy negativity and animosity. Bring them up knowing the balance of morality, teach them right in the ears of his majesty. Judge, I know they got the right to be loved. It starts deep within, know the value of your life so you can recognize the value deep within a man. Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You are listening to the Sugarloaf in Artscast. And I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. We are sponsored by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Life Center. I'm very grateful for that. And I'm at the Melanesian Arts Festival, and more specifically at um, the literary festival, Haustorian, which for the first time has happened here in Port Vila, Vanuatu, for five days. We will close with a snapshot from one of the wonderful Haustorian poetry nights held at Alliance Francaise in Port Vila during the 7th Melanesian Arts and Culture Festival in July 2023. First out is Ketidan Napwat and Rebecca Tobo Olol Hossen with their collaborative poem Fidus Achates, dedicated to the truly faithful. Ketty and Rebecca are auntie and niece, with one being named after the other's mother. Passionate about writing, both writers have forged their individual paths, exploring poetry, prose, and short stories. Words and imagery flow from their home island, Tana, interweaving with one another. Enjoy! So it's dedicated to, to the truly faithful. 
together and yet apart. I should also say that we, it's the first time we're reading it. We've not had any practice, so please forgive us. Together and yet apart, separated by a need greater than ourselves. Until the dawn when the roosters crow, together we shall be. I yearn for you even then, in our little grass house. Together and yet apart, furtive, sweet moments stolen, or so it seems. Early mornings, urgent swims at Luansiapu with the children. I yearn for you even then in our little grass house. Waiting on arrival, quietly watching, unfamiliar, yet patient, expectant. She disembarks unsuspecting and resigned to an exiled impost in unfamiliar situation. Together and yet apart, sweet ripe mango juice dripping down our chins, walking down past Elisi and Newcastle to pick up mango sweet. I yearn for you even then in our little grass house together and yet apart, on the track driving up Luanialu with Yasur far below, at the airport, leaving Anthony for Port Vila. I yearn for you even now and our little grass house. He approaches as if on cue to pick up her luggage. Their eyes met. In that split second, irrevocable and complete. Two hearts clung and beat in faithful union. Thank you, Tomas. Elsie Nalial Molo reads her poem, This Body is Mine, from Sister Stand Up Strong, a Vanuatu women's anthology. Elsie's poem was read by no other than Tay Thibault at the book launch in Wellington in May 2021. They say, love yourself and the body that you are in. Your body is a temple. It is yours, no one else's. This body is mine. Then why do men feel the need to chime and whine about my look, my curves, and everything in between as I walk down the streets? Why do men think it's cool to stop and stare down at women, especially the teens? Why do men persist and insist that a woman is interested in them by the way that they dress? Why do men rumble like thunder and lash out like lightning at a woman's body just because she didn't serve him the right tea? Why do men think that women aren't capable of running this country? Have they forgotten that they come from a hardworking queen? This body is mine, but Society thinks otherwise. It is okay to tell her what she looks good in because you're only trying to compliment what goes with her skin. It is okay to talk down to her because you're only trying to help her learn. It is okay to demand power because she wasn't raised to be stern. It is okay to treat her violently because you know she will silently retreat into her shell and not tell. This body is mine. Do not tell me that my jeans are too tight for you to bear. 
Do not underestimate the strength and resilience that radiates from a woman in despair. Do not talk to a woman condescendingly because wait and watch as she openly fires back with her flair. Do not take out your anger on a woman you claim to adore and profusely apologize in the name of the Lord. That body is hers. This body is mine. Our bodies are temples, or so it is implied. Thank you. Busi Vasconcelos is an artist, African drummer, and teaches swimming. Here she reads a brand new piece of microfiction about swimming. How to swim? Life lessons, long and repetitive, short and sharp, learning or fun, fear, hope, courage, the courage to take the first step. Ready, set, go. Hold me. Relax. You are source energy. Deep is shallow. Everything is possible. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Breathe in and out. Deep. Sigh. Hold. One, two, three, four, five. Explode them. Out. Go. Eyes open. Shut them. Look. Listen with your eyes. Watch your hands. Hold. Hold my hand. Trust me. Body. Feet down. One by one. Breathe in. Eyes closed. Eyes open. Look down. Hold my hand. Let go. Five, four, three, two, one. Done. So the language week for Baslama, mm -hmm. the, the Baslama Pilot Language Week, will start Sunday, the 12th of November, and it will finish Saturday, the 18th of November, 2023. It will only be for one week. And where can people find out more online? So online, you can uh, head to the Ministry of Pacific Peoples website, which is www.mpp.govt.nz. Right. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you so much, Lena, and thank you for all you do. And uh, yes, to all Nivanuatu in New Zealand, you have a great spokesperson in Lena Isno in Dunedin. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Michaela. Um, law or listeners, Bliyumi Law Law Vanuatu, Bliyumi uh, Staplo New Zealand, especially law on different regions. Me me want and tell them thank you to us. We you have given time for you. For you come, for you me celebrate them one week. For you me, where everyone in New Zealand to buy only join them. You me, for only look have a culture. For you me, so me want them advising you. Also my neighbor want to. Me want them encouraging you. Also my neighbor want to. For come with them one thing thing no more. Come with them all artifacts. Come with them culture. For you come with them savvy. For you. After you share them, uh, one in where you got, with them one Narfala Kiwi, one Narfala New Zealander, one Westerner, where he really got interest, Plulanem culture, blue you me. Hemi, hemi, one first trial, blue you me, whereby Ministry Blow Pacific people or New Zealand, but hemi support them, you me with them. But time, time, me stop go, by you me stop, blow, um, 
Do you mean cement him? You mean make him him become strong more? My him more him become official law 2026. Wow. So that is him. Uh, now message for me go all all friends. New Zealand. More law overseas too. Thank you, Thomas. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sugarloafing Artscast on 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and you can contact me with feedback and ideas for shows at Access Radio Taranaki or email me on community at accessradiotaranaki.com. You can check out the artists, guests and their fabulous work on our Sugarloafing Facebook page and Instagram. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go to accessradiotaranaki.com and search us up under current shows. The Sugarloafing Artscast was made possible with the support of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and the Len Lai Centre. Until next week. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.